A Japanese Dream in 79 Letters. An epistolary novel by Martin Glimmon. This is episode 5 out of 14. The text will be read by a machine. Therefore you may notice some mispronunciation, from time to time, especially when foreign languages are involved, like French, German, Dutch, and so on. And there is another item, I want to bring to your attention, because the letters were written by a Japanese native speaker, and were given to me, to publish them as they are, it may occur, that you will hear some semantic, or idiomatic errors. However, the text can be understood easily and you will not be disappointed about that, I guess. 28th letter. February 3, 1976. Dear Hubert, thank you very much for your letter. I'm afraid, the post service is again not so fast. And I'm surprised, you still have to sit for your exams. I wish, they are already over now. Well, about the Japanese gentleman you mentioned, I ask you to let him tell me something about the life in Europe. So I enclose a letter to him in this envelope, and please send it to him from you. I remember, that... In Oxford, you were speaking of a Japanese man who is studying gymnastics science and whose wife and children are in Japan and who has a rich sponsor and who is very, very hard studying and whose name was S. Marino or something like that. Is that the very person you were mentioning? But it seems to me very funny that you call him a boy. Since a couple of days, it's quite warm, like an early spring, here, in Japan. It's warm enough to go out with a skirt and thin stockings. But it's likely to be colder again sooner or later. I'm anxious that the warm spring season will make me restless. Yesterday, I finished checking my exam papers of my class. I hate this work, it's so annoying. One of the reasons I hate it that the vocation of teacher is correcting exams. Of course, I hate to sit for any exam myself but correcting it, is my pet aversion. Can you imagine, how nerve-destroying it is, for me, to see all those strange and stupid English sentences, which more than 80 students wrote? They're not so bad in translating English into Japanese, but the opposite is awful. My nerves are not strong nerves enough, to get on with their stupid sentences. Moreover, the Japanese itself, of some of the students, is terrible, I wonder if they genuine Japanese. Of course, there are some good students among them, but strangely, I can't be so sympathetic with excellent students. I'm now crazily thinking, what to do until July. I don't have to go to school anymore, and so, I can do other side jobs, besides my tutorship. But I'm very reluctant to do trivial jobs, such as waitress. For me, tutoring is not a regular work, but it seems easier and more paid per hour than any other work I can do at the moment. But after all, tutoring is temporary work and doesn't give me much satisfaction. So, I'm usually inclined to be nihilistic toward everything. Since the change of our plan, I've been like this. Before that, though, I'd been too emotionally carried away, I felt myself more vigorous and more energetic. At home, I'm as if I were an alien. And my father called my room, the place of extraterritoriality. I've lost much interest in everything, which is Japanese, nevertheless, 
I can't accept all the Western culture. I'm dangling in the air, so to speak. I hope, you well both, mentally and physically. I'll try to cope with the life here. And I sincerely appreciate your kind offer, to get into contact with the Japanese, boy. I hope he's a good person. So I stop here, hoping luck for your exams, if you have still any more. Goodbye, Namiko. 29th letter. February 7, 1976. Dear Hubert, thank you very much for your letter. I was very glad to get it this Saturday afternoon. This morning, there were three letters in our letterbox, but none of them was yours. So I thought, I would get one next Monday. But in the afternoon I peeped again into the letterbox, still expecting the rarest chance, and there I found it. I believe, it's the mercy of that authoritative post office, who might pity me for waiting for your letter until Monday. But I'm afraid, I shouldn't write about these things so lengthy, because the post fare was raised, and I'll have to give priority to more important things. About the departure date, is it really all right to go to the travel agency? and ask them, to change the date of departure, to July 4? Shall I wait for a little longer, until the date of your exam is known? I got a little excited to hear, your outline of our vacancy. And I hope, there'll be cheap accommodations during travels. But one drawback of the summer season is, that there will be a lot of tourists all around Europe. It cannot be helped, though. I think, it's a crazy, or bloody, system that you have more than two months exam period. Will it be like that in June and July as well? I hope not. You mentioned, you would not be afraid of being disillusioned, and asked me, why I fear it. But I'd like to ask you, why do you not fear it? But on the other hand, the situation may be utterly otherwise, after actually seeing each other. I try to take our plan easy, though it's quite difficult to do so. By taking it easy, I don't mean, not to be serious, but I mean, not to be stiff, and to be relaxed. It's always easy to say. You may think, it is strange, but mentally, I don't consider myself quite young anymore. In a sense, my nerves have been already exhausted in the last couple of years. And I am ashamed to say, I cannot imagine my life, after thirty. But at the same time, I know that a human being, could exert, his, or, her, utmost power, at the critical moment, however weak he has seemed before. I'm glad to hear, you are enjoying studentship, because it's very free. I think it's a very good thing to enjoy it, regardless of your study. As for the Venus of Milo, I know it, it came to Japan, when I was a child, though I didn't go visit it. I suppose, it's a Venus with one of her arms destroyed, when discovered. The other day I saw on TV, the opening ceremony of the Winter Olympic Games, held in Innsbruck, in Austria. Of course, I saw the athletes from the Netherlands. The scene was very beautiful, the nature. Also in the newspaper, I read an article, in which it says, that in Amsterdam, all the canals are frozen and people are enjoying skating, on its natural skating link, and that, no wonder, the participants from such a country are powerful. Don't you skate as well? It's quite unimaginable for me, to imagine all the canals are frozen. At home, 
I rarely see, even, the frozen water, though, I may get up too late to see it. What I still cannot understand, is the dry coldness. In Japan it is dump coldness, I think, and the temperature doesn't fall below zero in daytime, where I'm living. So I suppose it's colder there in Europe. But the dry cold is milder than dump cold, is it right? Anyway winter is winter, it's cold enough. Recently the cold has come again. I hope you won't catch, uh, cold. So I must quit here, I'm going out for tutoring a boy. Goodbye with best wishes, Namiko, Intermezzo. Read this one first. As for my present life, I think I'm very free, in the sense, that no one forces me to do anything, and I have a lot of free time. Nevertheless, I'm not happy with it. But I'm sure, as soon as, I am forced by something or somebody again, I'll do my best to try to get out of it, as soon as I can. My mother, sometimes, asks me, have you really no intention to marry some Japanese male, and settle somewhere in Japan? I usually reply to her. No, at least for the time being. But she threatens me. You'll feel miserable, when you're 30 and you're still single. Whenever I think of this sort of marriages, I feel tired and fed up. For her, I think, it's still an incredible matter, that I should marry you, though, we've put aside this problem for the time being. But I think, even if I should not go to Europe and see you, I would not marry anybody. Song Okong Dut. So, excuse me for this strange letter. And tell me in your next letter, if you would rather prefer not receiving such letters anymore. Goodbye, and if you have an exam, today or tomorrow, I wish you good luck. It's almost my bedtime. I'm going to bed, right after I, seal, this up. It's about one o'clock in the morning. Namiko. February 11, 1976. Dear Hubert, I felt like writing to you badly though not for a business-like purpose. For me one day is too long. Every day in these days, there is an awful, superfluity, of time in one day in which I don't know what to do. And the things I might do, whatever it may be, seem to me in vain and full of emptiness. Reading, for example, I do, but in a very roundabout way, which doesn't bring me much satisfaction, though I hate obliged reading. In short, I'm afraid. If I'm wasting a lot of time in this way, on appearance or externally, I may not waste it, or I'm not always idle. You know, I have only another seven years to live, which I've decided, though not absolutely, to keep on living anyway. There is a contradiction in this point, I admit, life is short, especially youth is short, while I presume I will live for another many years, unless I stop it deliberately or some fatal accident or illness occurs. When I was around 20, I planned my life in this way. So it's a rather old decision, but still it remains as an obsession. While I was in Europe last summer, from time to time, this impulse to death arose, but at that time, I thought I should not die here in Europe, which is so far from my home, because if I die here, I would disturb terribly a lot of others, not only my parents but many other people, concerned with that trip, and not to mention those of Oxford. So, I thought then, 
If I die, I would die in Japan. Maybe I should not have brought suicide desire to Europe. Or I have no right to speak of death or suicide, because I did not do it so far. This is a story of the past. But when I'm in Europe, it's almost 100% certain again, that I would be in such a mood again. But still then, I would not die deliberately, in Europe, for the same reason, save the case in which I go to Europe for the suicide purpose. But it's cause is absolutely ridiculous, because, if I really want to die, I could die here, much more cheaper. Right now, I'm not in a very depressed mood. If so, you may wonder, why I write about these things morbidly. I think, it's morbid, or neurotic, or even an obsession. But I've not gone mad yet. It happens that these subjects are coming into my mind from time to time. This letter is a mere presentation, or glimpse of the empty, interior, of my mind. But that's enough on this subject. After writing, I'm much ashamed of it. So unless I seal this letter up tonight, I won't post it tomorrow. 30th letter. February 12, 1976. Dear Hubert, Thank you very much for your letter. Another letter, I enclosed with this letter, was written yesterday. I hesitated a lot today, whether to send it or not, but I decided to deliver it to the post office in order to reach you. I'm awfully ashamed of myself, having written, in, that, way. For, if I am to speak of self-destruction in front of you, it might mean, that I don't love you, and that, I, am an, Egoist, very much, only thinking of myself. It shouldn't be so. From your letter I see you not leading a carefree life but quite a hard life, it seems to me to be so, at least. But still I cannot understand why they have to do such a huge amount of exams. It seems that in almost the second half period of the whole academic year you are sitting for exams. Why do they have to do such a thing, I wonder. I imagine all the university professors are crazily fond of teasing students by exams. There must be a nasty exam worm. So even if I would be admitted, I would I not wish to enter and study in such a university, it would be too hard for me? I hate exams. When I was in the college, I had exams only twice a year, each of which lasted ten days or so. But I'm glad that you are skillfully coping in such a crazy system, and above all, You've passed all the exams you've taken so far. Hearty congratulations. But at the same time I think these are natural consequences of your serious study, for I guess you're studying quite hard, aren't you? I once heard that almost all the festivals are concentrated in April in Europe and in April in Holland tulips are in full bloom. On my desk right now, there is an ugly tulip. It's scarlet but the opening of its petals stopped before opening them completely and so the shape of petals is so imperfect. There's a small worry at the moment, that is, when the visa is granted, I'll have to tell the consulate official to postpone the departure. Then I'll have to reveal the change of our plan more or less. Is that okay? When recollecting the face of that Japanese official, I get a little bit gloomy. He is the very person that said sneeringly to me on my first visit there. Ah, your love is merely a love of one short summer day. But by accident, we're the graduates of the same university, he said so. 
He specialized in Spanish, but graduated from his alma mater in the very year I was born. Or do you think visa is totally unnecessary and I should cancel it? For it's not sure yet whether I'll need it from next October onward. By the way, here comes a silly question. What does the sign, plus, mean on your envelope? So, I quit here today. Today it's blowing so hard that it damaged my set hair on the way home from the beauty salon. Goodbye, Naomiko. 31st letter. February 14, 1976. Dear Hubert, thank you very much for your letter. It was so interesting and delightful. It was raining today and so gloomy a day. This morning I got a letter from Amsterdam. It says, I must send to the consulate my curriculum vitae and a photo. But they say, it is very difficult at the moment to obtain a working permit for a person not having the Dutch nationality. You may rest assured that in cooperation with the Japanese embassy at The Hague, everything possible will be done to be of assistance to you in this respect. That's all. So they don't tell me whether there's a position, say, as a teacher of Japanese. I'm not sure if I send my personal history and photo to them. Now I'm not so positive to the matter of work. The stupid thing is, they make a mistake in writing my name, though it reached my house safely, which may be because the address was perfectly correct and we are a very old inhabitant in this district. By the way thank you very much for your having taken pain to transmit my letter to M. Marino. When I get an answer from him, I'll tell you what he says. I myself don't remember well what I wrote to him, but as far as I remember, I asked him if he sees any internationally married couple who is going well, and about some of the Japanese in Europe, who failed in the life in Europe, who look tired with life, look hollow and maybe poor, nevertheless who cannot go back to Japan. And also, our situation, you are a student and will continue your study for a couple of years, while I have no regular work. And also, I told my vague fear of our cultural and physical difference in case of marriage. As a whole, I wrote to him very pessimistically, as is my habit. I'm glad to hear that he's from Kobe, because both Kobe and Kyoto are in the Kansai area and from Kyoto to Kobe it takes less than two hours. Besides Kobe is a very beautiful and refined city, and I like it quite a lot. If we should marry, and if we have a chance of living in Japan, Kobe is the city in which I'd like to live. But again, this is an illusion. To tell the truth, I have a vague premonition that we won't marry. Because, you know, I cannot be optimistic in this matter. Besides, when I heard from you, about your university life of now, I felt, you are very preoccupied with your present life, during the academic period. I think, it is physically all right and natural, but, anyway, it is likely, that during the academic period, there's hardly any room for me, to enter your life, unless I have something definitely to do there, in Holland. You know, I've already denied the possibility of studying at the Utrecht University, because I don't accept that crazy examination system. As for work, the future perspective seems quite dark, judging from the letter from Amsterdam. Sorry, that I write again in a pessimistic tone. I didn't intend to have done so, because I enjoyed your letter very much, 
and it vivifies my image about your present life. The reason why I remember Mr. Moreno's name so well is that for one thing, it's very easy for me to remember a Japanese name at the first hearing, and that his personal story interested me very much when you told me about him. You said his family is coming to France to live with him. It reminds me of one of my uncle's cases. My uncle is a professor of physics, and more than 10 years ago, when I was still a very small child, he went to Munich to study. He first left Japan alone. But after a while his wife, together with two children, one of them was still a baby, went after him. I think it was a great decision of her to go all the way to Munchen with such small creatures. Moreover, his family had not to pay for his expenses, my uncle and his wife spent their own money to manage that. About the departure date, for myself July 4 is alright, if it's alright for you. And as for my work, I won't work as a waitress. Did I really declare that I'm going to be a waitress? The type of work, which I prefer, is translation, and I think there are such jobs here in Japan, but unfortunately, many of them require a regular worker, and the location may be Tokyo, where I'm unwilling to go to. Because of our plan, I don't want to fix myself as a regular worker. So, I'm looking for some reasonable work. At any rate, during this month, I decided to stay at home mostly, because February is not the month for activities. I'm hibernating. About D.H. Lawrence, I finished reading, Sons and Lovers, some time ago. Do you have read it? Well, I quite like Paul Morrill, the protagonist, his dark, introvert character, but I hate Miriam terribly. In that book, the sexual descriptions appeared less than I had expected. But I don't like Lawrence very much, particularly his face, I saw his picture on the back of the page. It looked very mean and appalling. At least, for the time being. I won't concentrate on one particular author. So now I'm reading Oscar Wilde's Picture of Dorian Gray. About George Bataille, I'm sorry, I've never heard that name. Did you really tell me about him? All I remember is that your favorite writers are Guy de Montbarsong, Camus, D.H. Lawrence, and the plot of a story by Camus, in which the mother kills a traveler, and robs his money, and throws his body into the river without knowing that he's her real son. Is that the story by Camus? My memory is very poor in some fields. As for Bataille's book, I think I can manage to read it, even if it is written in French, though, it may take me a very long time to read through it. But I imagine, even the original book is not easily available in Japan. Anyway, I'll try to get it sooner or later. Incidentally I've not yet heard anything about visa. I'm still thinking how to speak to the consulate official when going. This is one thing which makes me uneasy, and another factor is that the result of Cambridge exam will be informed in no time, maybe within this month. Regardless of its practical value, I want to succeed now that I've tried twice. That terrible line still remains in my mind, I'm sorry to inform you that you did not succeed in go to hell. I wrote a postcard, in my poorest Dutch, to your landlord. Those Dutch, they are borrowing from all other languages. I feel sorry for him, too. But I, 
personally, hate drunkards. The awful smell of alcohol makes me sick. But I wonder, how he can manage his life, drinking all the time. But it's not only him, who doesn't know, why he's living. It's true of me, too. And maybe of many. I've not yet had any concrete plan about studying in England. If there are a lot of exams in England as well, I dare not go there. My father once said, that he could send me about more or less 83 a month for one year, if I study abroad. I don't want to depend on him in that way. Besides, that is not enough for completing the study. So again, I'm thinking and thinking. Well, this sheet of paper is the last one, which remains for tonight. It's nearly two o'clock in the morning. So, I can't write more anyway. Can you read my writings? I'm sleepy. I reserved the whole late evening to write to you, for when I got your letter this afternoon, I was eager to write to you on the spot, but as I had to go out, I couldn't write in the afternoon. Your last letter really tells me that you're in a very good mood, and it made me feel good as well. It was as if it reproduces many scenes of that delightful summer. And lastly, thank you so much as well for telling me the address of the Hague Embassy, anyway. The moment to end every letter to you is a very sad moment, because from that moment on, I'll have to wait for some while for your next letters coming. Good night, dear Hubert. Namiko. 32nd Letter. February 16, 1976. Dear Hubert, thank you very much for your letter. I was about to go out this morning, when I got it. From last week, I've been receiving your letters quite often, Thursday, Saturday and Monday. Today. It's so lovely a thing to get them in this way, but I fear, after a while, an interval should come, when I'll have to wait more than ten days. I mean, the delivery of the post is very whimsical, sometimes it takes quite a long time for our letters to be delivered. I even envy the letters themselves, who can travel, by air, so frequently between us. Well, first of all, I'd like to ask you, is your knee all right? What happened? Can you walk? I wish, it were perfectly cured by now, and you could jump and stand on your hands in the gymnasium. Incidentally I've not yet got the answer from Mungso Marino. I hope, to get it within this week. He must be very busy, I imagine. Today, I went to Nara, an ancient capital of Japan, once, to see a lady assistant professor. She also took part in the Oxford Summer School, two years ago. We just chatted nearly for two hours. She said, if I stay for quite a long time in Holland or somewhere in Europe, and get to know you, and the way of living there very much, then the marriage, after that procedure, would seem quite reasonable or conceivable. Maybe it's true but she didn't particularly refer to our case. People with different nationalities might get married quite by accident, in this way. She's a good person, and we can speak with each other much more easily or lightly compared to that old man of 60, whom I mentioned in some of my previous letters. So she didn't give me any shock. On the contrary, Jade Puve made a straight row. It was raining a wee. But it was very, very damp like the rainy season in June. Right now, it's raining very hard outside, though the air is quite warm. 
As for George Beitai, I heard that the study of him is getting quite popular among the students of French literature here in Japan, so the translations may be available in the bookshops, though I've not yet tried to get one. About Madame Bovary, I read it in a Japanese translation a couple of years ago. All I remember about this book is that it's so boring and doesn't interest me very much. Do you like Flaubert? By the way, can you read my letters? I don't need to write in this way because I have an ample supply of papers today. In your letter you said you're more connected with West Germany. But is there really much difference of culture, habit and way of living between the two countries? If you are to live in West Germany after you finish your study in Holland, and still will you remain a Dutch subject and receive other social benefits from Holland? I can't quite understand this point. And before you came to Holland, when you were a student of Aachen University, where did you get your grant from? I wonder what kind of feeling it is to have a Dutch nationality and to feel yourself as a German. It sounds like a sort of ambivalence to me. And this reminds me of some Japanese who immigrated to America in World War II and willingly sacrificed their own lives simply for the improvement of the position of the Japanese in America. It is said that they fought very bravely. I think it's always a very hard thing to survive in a foreign country for a long time. Incidentally, isn't there any spare room in your present landlord's house? I mean, when I'll be in Utrecht. And as for departure date, maybe I'll fix it on July 4, if the plane schedule is not altered. From your letter, I can imagine, you're in a really very good mood. I'm quite alright. I'm glad that I didn't catch many colds during this winter time. But my nerves are not so healthy, I dare say. I hear imaginary, metallic sounds of telephones, ringing from time to time, when I'm at home. This, I'm afraid, is some bad symptom of some neurotic disease. Today, when I was on a train, the machine of train announcements went wrong, and the voice was too loud and broken. At each station, when the conductor announced the name of that station, it was indeed unbearable. But to my great surprise, everybody seemed all right or at least quite indifferent to it. I myself, I was annoyed by that crazy broken voice for 40 minutes. It made me cause a headache, indeed. Maybe I'm going to start learning German, though I had mentioned I started Dutch if I am to live in Holland, but at any rate. I want to communicate with you in German someday. I like studying languages, generally, though any language takes a very long time to master. In three days, I'll get through with my French lesson by Lingophone. Last night, I dreamed the dream of you. In that dream, I was weeping. I don't know what it's about, though, I was understanding it, while the dream lasted. It was something with telephones. I may have talked, on the international phone, too long. But everything was so obscure. And, strangely enough, the image of the Dutch Queen, Juliana, which, I think, is on the stamp, was lingering within me. It may be, because I read an article, connected with her, in which, it was said, that there was a possibility, of her husband's receiving a bribery from the American airplane company Lockheed. I, first thought, 
that it was a man's head, the picture, which is on your stamps, but now, I know, that it is the portrait of Her Majesty, the Queen. And I even didn't know, that there was a royal family in Holland. The article also said, that the Dutch royal family is one of the richest royal families in the world. Of course, there is a royal family, or more precisely, an imperial family, in Japan, too. Well, it's stopped raining now. I wish, it would be fine, tomorrow. And I'll write to you around the 28th of February to Aachen. Goodbye, hoping your knees are alright. Namiko. 33rd letter. February 27, 1976. Dear Hubert, thank you very much for your letter. It reached me exactly on Saturday. Dear, mail, service. Well, there's good news, I passed the Cambridge exam. So I'm so happy. Before I heard this result a couple of days ago, I had been threatened by so many daydreams and nightmares for about a week. My physical sickness may have been, mainly, due to that mental tension, for from the day when I knew the result, I have been feeling better and better. The rapidity of my recovery is really remarkable, or in a sense comical, for on the previous day of that day, I was in bed all day. And the imaginary sounds of telephone, ringing, seem to almost disappear at the moment. There are three grades for the successful candidates. The first one is the letter, A, and it means, very good, B, good, C, pass. Mine is grade B, so I'm quite content with the result, for I had been hoping to pass, even in the lowest grade. But there's still, one, worry, that is the slip, which informed us of the result. It says that the examination syndicate reserves the right to correct the information given before the issue of the actual certificate to the successful candidates. So I have an obsession that later they might tell me that the result already given to me was a mistake and I did not succeed as a matter of fact. It's an obsession and it sounds ridiculous but I can't be completely at ease until I get a certificate in my hands, actually. So my English proficiency has been proved, at least officially, in applying for the British universities. And I'm thinking, what to do? If I apply for one of the universities there, and if I am admitted for the next academic year of this year, I could go to the UK after we meet in summer. But there are some difficulties in this plan. First the financial one, maybe I'll be able to find some scholarship later, but until then, I'll have to have my parents to give me the fund. They are not altogether unwilling to give it to me, but, I myself, don't want to trouble them in giving me the huge amount of money, for I'm so unsure of my really getting a fruitful result, after studying abroad. For, I heard, it's quite hard to acquire a Master of Arts degree in Britain for a foreign student. In short I don't have courage enough to venture the plan of my studying in Britain. But, when I think what will happen after our meeting in summer, I think it is a good opportunity to go to the UK in succession from Germany or Holland, for, you know, if there's nothing else for me to do, after our vacancy, I'll have to go back to Japan. I feel like studying more, though, I've not yet decided the theme, all that is certain is, I like to read modern prose literature. 
but my parents say, what, if there isn't any possibility of proper occupation, or a benefited grant for the study abroad etc etc. Although, what will happen, is never known now. Anyway, studying abroad costs a lot of money. But there is also a good point in my using my parents' money, because it would then be easier to stop with my studies abroad, than when I would have others or other organizations, who help me financially. Maybe I'm going to apply for one of those universities for the next academic year, whether or not I accept it, if I'm admitted. Or, maybe, it's too late for the next application, because it's already almost March. So my situation has been slightly changed, after knowing the exam result. But, what is unchanging is, that I'm thinking, and hesitating, and worrying again. Regardless of the result, I've not yet had enough confidence in English. It's very obvious, that in a foreign country, I get more nervous and lose more confidence, and I might feel something of an inferiority complex. So I'll tell you more about this matter, in my next letter after thinking it over. Well, about the accommodation, I don't know well how to answer. In the first place, I can't imagine what the living in one room is like. I can understand your point, to rent a room is very expensive, and to do so for such a short period would be quite nonsense. So, if I stay at your room, it would be most economical. How much does the rent cost per month for your present room? I have no intention of absolutely insisting on having a single room, but I'm just afraid of living in that way immediately after I arrive in Holland. And I'm so glad to hear that your knee has been alright. But did you walk that distance in the dark all alone? Walking alone for a long distance would be unbearable for me. I wonder if you really traveled back to Aachen. If you didn't, please have your parents transmit my letter to Aachen to you, back to Utrecht. It's raining. The air is quite warm. The season seems to start its movement to spring. And before, I, forget to say, I want to tell you. Happy birthday, it's on the 11th of March, is that right? Recently here in Japan quintuplets, five babies from one mother at one time, were born. Mass communication is making a fuss of those babies. Everybody seems to say. It's an auspicious event. But I don't think so. It's an unlucky event. The burden of life of each of these babies might be heavier than the one of an ordinary baby, because their birth opposes to the natural law. People, who have no responsibilities, hypocritically celebrate their birth, but it is eerily out of their curiosity. I'm sorry for those quintuplets and their parents. It would have been better that they were not born at all. By the way, why do you think you want your own children? I've often heard man say so. I can't understand. My bosom friend, a girl of the same age of mine, loves a man, and she said that if there's really an assurance that the marriage life will give her happiness, she would marry, but she doesn't want her own children. Nevertheless, her lover said to her, You must make a baby, exactly like me. She added that she wondered if her lover had never thought of their baby as being a girl. So, I stop here. I really like you. Namiko. This was the fifth episode of the epistolary novel. A Japanese Dream in 79 Letters, by Martin Glimmon. 
The text was read to you by a machine and therefore some mispronunciation may have occurred here and there. And as I mentioned earlier, in the intro, it also may have happened that there were some errors in the construction of sentences or some imperfection in the use of the correct vocabulary. I hope it did not disturb you too much. Thank you for listening and goodbye.